Hello, I'm Wendy Rigby, host of Texas Biobites from Texas Biomed. One of the biggest risk factors for disease and death is, of course, aging. What if there were common medications for sick people that could be given to otherwise healthy people to help them stay healthier longer? That's the idea behind a new study looking at the effects of two diabetes drugs on aging. I am Karina Ross, I'm an associate professor, and I am the colony administrator for the Marmosets here at Southwest National Primate Research Center. This latest paper was published in the Journal of Pathology of Aging and Age-Related Diseases. Tell us about that article. What was the genesis of it and what did you study? We were interested in moving some pharmaceutical drugs into marmosets to test for effects on longevity. So I noticed in the paper there was also a reference to some of the other health benefits both of these drugs seem to have had. Can you address that? So we tested both metformin and a drug named acarbose to see what chemical levels we could reach in the marmoset because these are drugs that are of interest already in the human population. We already use them, they're FDA approved for treatment of things like type two diabetes. And in mice at the intervention testing program at UT Health, they found that it extended longevity in mice. For those of us who are lay people, can you describe to us what kind of drugs are acarbose and metformin and what are they doing for people who are diabetic? They're used to um, increase insulin sensitivity, and so they alter how the cell and how the mitochondria deals with energy. Acarbose alters how carbohydrates are digested, and metformin increases insulin sensitivity. After initial positive findings in mice, it was important for researchers to move into a larger mammal. Marmosets, which are small New World monkeys from Brazil, are serving as the non-human primate model. This is really important because what we find quite a bit in mouse studies is that things that are effective in mice don't translate to humans or don't translate directly to humans. So using a non-human primate model allows us to test in an animal that has the same physiology and reproduction and aging type patterns as humans. And that way it's a safer transition to humans. So these drugs are of interest because they're already approved in humans, but they're approved for humans that are sick. So we don't want to tell healthy aging humans, here, take this drug that might make you sick. If we can test it first in healthy primates, then it gives us a better idea of what it will do and what kind of side effects it might have. What was the specific research that was cited in this published study? This paper in particular was just the pilot study to evaluate, can we use these chemicals, these drugs in marmosets? Is it safe? And can we get the values in the blood to reach the concentrations that we see in mice and in humans? So this was a safety study, and what did you find? Was it safe? It was safe, um, and it did what we expected it to do, and it, the marmosets did very well with it, and um, it holds a lot of promise for the future. Local grant money from the Claude D. Pepper Older Americans Independence Center helped fund this important pilot project. Dr. Ross says community financial support for biomedical research is crucial. Pilot projects are extremely important. They tend to be short-term projects that allow us to, to test efficacy and to see if these things are safe um, to take into the bigger projects. So we're not wasting years and years on something that doesn't work to begin with. So we can do these quick, rapid projects, and a lot of them are funded by local donors and local people that are interested to allow scientists to test this idea that might be high risk 
It might be high failure, but it allows us to do those things rapidly, and so the science can move forward really rapidly. Why is it a good idea for basic scientists to look at drugs that are already out there, approved and tested, for other uses? A lot of these drugs that were developed for one specific purpose really have 10 other things that they're doing or capable of doing. And if we just look in that area and we're finding things that were developed for diabetes and they have effects on aging, we're finding things that were developed for cancer treatments that have long-standing impacts on things like organ transplant. So we've already done the development, we've already done the testing, we know they're safe in people and they can solve a lot more problems. What's next? What's next is to keep looking through the number of things that come out from the intervention testing program and seeing if we can move them forward. And with this particular study, moving into long-term studies uh, with the marmosets to see what metformin and acarbose do, do over a long term. What makes you hopeful about this approach? I am hopeful that a combination of these things will give us the right answer to test in healthy humans and to help extend lifespan and health span in, in healthy humans. You write in your paper that pharmaceutical interventions are likely to have the easiest implementation and the greatest compliance clinically. Is that because people find it easier to take a drug than to change their lifestyle? That is absolutely true. It is easier to pop a pill than to go exercise for an hour a day. You've been listening to Texas BioBytes from Texas Biomed. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe. You can find us on most popular podcast platforms or simply log on to our website, txbiomed.org, and search for podcasts. There you can sign up to have the podcast delivered to your email inbox every two weeks. At Texas Biomed, we love sharing our science. I'm Wendy Rigby.